This is News Talk on the VOCM Bigland FM radio network. The views and opinions on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your News Talk host, Linda Swain. Well, good uh, Wednesday afternoon, everyone. Clearly not Linda Swain. Brian Callahan in for Linda today on News Talk. Lovely September day out there here in VOCM Valley anyway. Feels right on the cusp of fall, you know. Um, still a warmth in the breeze, but you can feel that bit of chill, especially when the sun is even temporarily obscured by the clouds for a bit. And, um, of course, this is news talk, but uh, if you've been following along and um, checking out any of the shows I've been subbing here for Linda, you'll know that there's only one way to properly start this show, and that is, especially since we're talking about the fall, it can only mean one thing. Uh, well, okay, it could mean school and Halloween, but more importantly than that, I'm sure you all know that this uh, all means baseball. And pumpkin spice. And baseball. Okay. (laughs) I'm not a pumpkin spice, but okay. And now you all know, too, that uh, our resident uh, baseball aficionado fan (laughs) fanatic, shall we call it? Sarah Strickland is in studio with me to just, I mean, we can't. It's the elephant in the uh, ballpark. It's the Blue Jays. And uh, putting on a, even if you're only a casual watcher, it's getting good. It's getting interesting. Um, I'm not sure I would have said this a couple of weeks ago, Sarah, but uh, or even last week after the lashing at the hands of the Texas Ooh. Rangers. But the Jays aren't just in. They now have a realistic chance, the odds makers say anyway. And God knows we have enough odds thrown at us. Dare I say it, they're uh, in uh, in a good spot to make the dance playoffs anyway. Magic but numbers at seven. Don't want to take my word for it. What do you think? So here's the question. Four in a row now, dating back to the sweep of the Red Sox over the weekend, plus the shellacking of the Yankees last night. Is this it now, the streak that we've all been waiting for, the big push to the finish line? Can they get on a roll? Is this it? I think this might be it, but you know how Buck Martinez says they're going to start hitting later? He's like, we're running out of later. (laughs) I think that might have been the kick they needed to kind of get going. Buck has that effect. He does, but he'd also said that time with home runs, he'd rather see a hit than a home run or yeah, something. Well, um, okay, so both is both. <laughs> but um, hey, listen, if they just all they got to do apparently is talk to a baseball bat. I mean, like Danny Jansen. If George Springer's been hitting pretty good. Now, uh, let's flash back to a couple of months ago, I believe, you, or even a month ago. You asked me, what do we do with Springer? And what did I say? You put him back in that leadoff spot. As much as I'd love to see him, I mean, Maryfield could probably fill that role, anyone, but as long as. George is still leading off games with home runs and one of the best in the game ever at it. How do you take him That's your that? World Series MVP. That's right. Um, 20, I know the Houston Astros 2017 World Series championship, very controversial, mm-hmm. but George Springer did play some good ball and George Springer has done that multiple times in his career in the postseason. So, you know, even though that 2017 one was controversial... I, I mean, the odds are still there for every other year. It's so still clear. Close. What is it? Things in the mirror are closer than they mm-hmm. appear. Um, this quick note from Claudette behind the glass here. Thanks, Claudette. Um, not to interrupt our Jay's chat. From Thorburn Road toward Topsail Road. Listener says because of um, what's happening. Uh, Claudette, why don't you come on in here? It's, so the, what is exactly the listener says? It's because garbage bags have burst open and are on the side of the road. What's because? Yes. So the backup. So let's uh, oh. hear it from the horse's mouth for just one moment. Go for it. Hi, there's a collection of garbage bags that have burst open on the outer ring road between Thorburn Road and Topsail Road. 
it's on the right-hand side, and it can be quite dangerous for someone coming up on us. Traffic is being is backing up now as they're attempting to stay on the left lane. Thank you. Yikes. That's exactly, that's one of my greatest fears. I try to stay off the air, outer ring as much as I can, Claudette, but that is one of the... That's one of the hazards of the outer ring, isn't it? Garbage on the highway. Things not tie down or things just get loose and then all of a sudden they're on the road. But since then we have had another caller saying, yep, traffic is continuing to back up in the area from Thorburn toward Topsail Road. So Thorburn toward Topsail. So we're going that way. So going westbound. Yep. Okay. uh, That's great information in real time here on this one. The other great things about this show at this hour in the afternoon Anything like that happens that, uh, you know, that affects any kind of traffic at this hour in the day. And we all know how everyone wants to get home out of it. But um, the outer ring can be a challenge at the greatest of times or at the easiest of times. But uh, you don't need projectiles and stuff flying out. And we always know, always hear the warnings, try to tie stuff down. There's a reason we have a cleanup every year. Yeah. And again, looks like the cleanup can't come soon enough again. Anyway, so beware, outer ring, topsail, uh, Thorburn to topsail. Um, Keep your eyes up. Where were we? Right. Jay's talk. Eyes in the um, rearview mirror. So as we speak, let's go real time. Let's just refresh because not everybody is a most. A lot, there are a lot of casual baseball fans and Jay's fans that sort of start paying attention now. So there is an afternoon game. So we know the Rangers, uh, the uh, Mariners, and the Astros. They're really what we're keying on now. Those are the three mm-hmm. teams along with the Jays in the mix for the wild card. Red Sox are up 4 nothing now on, on the Rangers in just the second inning. This afternoon in an afternoon tilt. Um, and the Orioles are up one nothing on the Astros. That's the bottom of the second. Mariners are uh, 5 o'clock our time, 5.07 time pitch. And, of course, the Jays are in the Bronx at 8.35 tonight, first pitch, Newfoundland time. Uh, Texas now 4-3. 4-3. We just got an update. Are you sure? Oh, yeah. Just getting that update here now. It's Yours the, is uh, faster than mine. So bottom of the second, and we have a 4-3. Red, Stock, Red Sox still leading it, but uh, and the Orioles up one nothing still. Claudette, uh, back, let's go back to Claudette in real time. Yes, of course. It's not going to be baseball talk with me. <laughs> what? It's okay, well, you can talk. go back. Sorry, we're busy. <laughs> go ahead. All right. So remember, we were talking, obviously, about the Outer Ring Road backup. Well, that a quick? gentleman just called and said, I have an update for you on that. We heard that the garbage, you know, uh, have burst open, and then there's all this garbage strewn about mm-hmm. between uh, Thorburn Road and Topsail Road. Well, now there is a City of St. John's garbage truck there on the scene cleaning it up, uh. Uh, and traffic is still becoming backed up even further back than Thorburn Road yeah. itself now. Well, that can also be, I mean, that's a large obstacle. At least you're going to see the garbage truck exactly. up ahead. And it's hopefully they've got some spotters around there because, you know, trying to do any kind of work on the ring road, a lot of people just fly by you. So and true. You ask a police realize. officer. I can only imagine. dangerous that can be. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's a reason why they park the police car about a quarter outside in front of the vehicle. You ever wonder, you know, you see the police car pulls in behind the other guy, pulls the guy over, but he stays about two feet out to protect himself, you know, in theory, while he's at the window of the driver who he's pulled over. But, uh, some things that doesn't matter to anybody, the driver, they'll still take the risks. So be careful there on the highway, on the outer ring there, folks. There's always something to be wary of this hour and evening, and that's uh, probably a little bit more obvious than others. But, um, Take it easy. Slow down. You'll get there. How much of a difference is a couple of, makes, uh, couple of minutes going to make? Uh, back to baseball. <laughs> Only got a couple of minutes, though. Um, From driving to line drives? Yeah. Oh, wow. What a segue you have. <laughs> what a pure talent. Alejandro Kirk last night. Uh, that was needed. You love Kirk. 
And what did I say about Kirk? Uh, first one since, what, July 29th, I yeah. believe? He had 12, uh, I can't remember how many games, but as soon as it hit, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming, and it was even a pinch hit. Well, that was a pinch hit. No, was that the pinch hit last night? I don't know if it was a pinch hit. In any event, you know, people say he's a liability because he, he's probably not going to run out a base hit, an infield hit, but uh, he makes up in so many other ways. Kirk's, uh, again, he's a clutch hitter. He's always remind me of... Um, the old Rance Mullenix or even Ernie Witt, the way he could just sweep at that low ball and just drive it. Um, but it's great. Look, it, bottom line is it's um, it's it's great uh, theater, and the Jays are in the mix, and that's always a great thing. Whether or not they're going to break our hearts again like last year with Seattle, <laughs> oh. I have no idea. But one thing to keep in mind, and we've mentioned this before, they hold no tiebreaker advantage. So they can't end up tied. There is no such thing as a one-game playoff anymore. And it comes down to wins within your own division. Mm -hmm. And the Jays lose that tiebreaker every time to the Rangers, the A's, and Houston. So they've got to end up a game or, well, a game ahead of everybody else. Bottom line. Which right now they're sitting one up on everybody. But, uh, yeah, baseball... It's insane because last week we were sitting here, Texas swept and what we were at a game and a half out of it. And I was like, well, see you next season, everybody. And the thing is, they're not alone. Everyone else has been stumbling along with them. And mm-hmm. that's what makes it a difference. The, and The downfall of Texas right now, they had those four games in Toronto and now they're tied yep. with the Red Sox. 4-4. Oh. Just like that. Ha ha. Beat you to it. Um, so, but what do you see playing out, Ms. Strickland? Uh, what do you think? Who's uh, who's making it and who's not? And who's the other question is, even if they make it, are they in the same league, literally, with the Atlanta Braves? They're not. No. no absolutely not. That brings me to an interesting point now. The uh, GM of Atlanta is Alex Anthopoulos. Yes. Who has made the postseason every year since 2015. Yep. And has a pretty nice little resume with the Toronto, uh, Toronto uh, Blue Jays. He did. And I feel like he was a part, he's, you know, a key to these baseball teams winning. So it makes me wonder, is there going to be a shakeup now with Atkins? It's well, a lot's going to depend on what happens here down the stretch. Uh, the only thing they have going for them, the Jays, is the fact that they are not alone. Again, I'll mm-hmm. say it again. If any one of those two or three teams in the mix here now had went on a run, but they all collapsed. Uh, Texas being the most obvious, right? Had the West locked up, and now the Houston Houston Astros are trying to show that they're for real, but they're, they have been, there's been no consistency. So uh, they're all sick of, I can hear people shouting at the radio, okay, that's enough baseball for now. <laughs> it's never enough, not at this time of year. Yankees, Jays no, tonight, I can't and, wait. And I can't wait. I'm heading off next week to go see the Jays. It's going to be the last. Yes, uh, you're going up on the season. 27th or 30th. I'm going up on the 28th, 28th. going to see one game. The Yankees are in town. I'm going to see one game of that series. And then the entire series with the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, well, and then again, Rangers and the um, Seattle are going to beat the crap out of each other for seven games. They still got seven games against each other. So there's seven losses there somewhere. And not that the Jays should rest on the laurels. They just got to try to win. And like I said, four in a row is a nice little run. Let's hope they can keep it going. Sarah Strickland, thanks a lot for coming in. Thank you. Always good. This is timely. Um, Every event I've gone to as a reporter lately, even this morning I was at a tree planting. 
people wearing Jays hats, the ministers commenting, the mayor, the deputy mayor, is kind of, everybody's got Jays on their mind. You know, it's great to watch. Everybody great gets Jays fever this time of year, and the, when they start seeing the Leafs get on ice, and they're like, mm, mm. not this year. Yeah, well, it's hopefully we have something to celebrate in Toronto before the Leafs touch the ice. There we go. That's all <laughs> I will say. I know not everyone's into it, but uh, certainly a lot of people are. Um, so this is Sports Talk uh, with Brian and Sarah. <laughs> and traffic with me. Uh, somebody, somebody just called and said that Snow's Lane is backed up from one end to the other and don't know the reason why. And we're still getting calls on the Outer Ring Road saying it looks like somebody lost their entire wardrobe from, you know, bags and bags and bags oh, of clothes. I hope they picked up some around. alternative wardrobes so they're not uh, <laughs> yes. wardrobeless, shall exactly. we say. And Snow's Lane, Torbay, right? Yes. Uh, St. John's, Snow's Lane. I'm just trying to put yep. a picture aside. Yeah, Snow's Lane. Okay, and what's going on there? Did you say, Claudia? Well, we don't know. It's just we've received a few calls saying that it's extremely backed up uh, from one end to the next. Okie doke. Snow's yeah, I have Lane. a traffic note too, Claudette. Uh, just coming in to me from my friend Jenna. Traffic lights are out by Stavanger Drive near Verifin. Oh, so this is quite the uh, day for traffic. Yeah, <laughs> Logie Bay, Middle Cove, Outer Cove. Right, Snow's Lane. And yeah, so that was great having you in for the um, uh, sports talk and a little update in traffic. Thanks uh, very much, Sarah Strickland. We are well over time for a break. Let's do that. Uh, Brian Callahan in on sports, I mean, news talk for Linda Swain. We'll be right back. Start your day off right. Get the latest updates on news, traffic, and weather conditions. Plus, interviews with today's newsmakers. Your go-to source before you get on the go. 5.30 to 9 a.m. weekdays. Your VOCM mornings. And welcome back to the program. Um, it's nice to know we have people listening. Uh, we have one caller say that um, the Jays do hold the tiebreaker over the Houston Astros, but that's kind of inconsequential right now, which is why we didn't go there, because... The Astros aren't in the wildcard mix at the moment. Now, of course, if they slip out of first in the West and the Texas Rangers to overtake them, then it's a conversation. But uh, I think I might have said all four. But thank you. I stand corrected uh, until, uh, see, Houston's in the wildcard race, which they're not at the moment because of the division. It won't matter. But thanks for the correction. And we know people are listening. Um, earlier this afternoon, um, let's see, uh, what? Uh, I well, Ricky Duggan, Richard Duggan here, our intrepid news reporter. Um, he uh, dropped down to an event. Um, actually, Minister Osborne and uh, the March of Dimes Canada uh, held an event this morning to officially launch the After Stroke Program in Newfoundland and Labrador. So basically, this initiative and. I can speak from first-hand experience here after my, my dad suffered a stroke a couple of years ago. But um, the aftercare is everything. Really, really is. Um, earlier today, uh, Richard uh, was down at the launch this morning of the March of Dimes After Stroke program in Newfoundland and Labrador. Uh, and he came back with some audio for us, and I appreciate it very much. Thanks, Richard. Put some questions to Minister Osborne, as well as Leonard Baker, the CEO of the March of Dimes of Canada. We'll hear from Mr. Baker in a moment, but first, um, Minister Osborne. We're delighted uh, to partner with the March of Dimes. Uh, they're putting in a dedicated uh, coordinator position uh, to help with the after-stroke program. Um, as you know, government has announced a, a cardiovascular stroke institute and centre of excellence for Newfoundland and Labrador. Uh, we will have one of the best in institutes in the country. But the after-stroke program by the, the March of Dimes, uh, that is a great partnership with this program 
Um, it will provide uh, the transition from hospital to home for stroke survivors. Um, it will provide supports and services uh, for stroke survivors on their journey. Uh, it is an important program and it, it, it's a key asset to uh, strengthening the cardiovascular stroke program in Newfoundland and Labrador. How big of an issue are strokes in Newfoundland and Labrador? Well, I mean, there's a number, doesn't matter where you are, uh, where you live globally, uh, stroke is an issue. Uh, for individuals, um, providing the the additional services and supports uh, to stroke survivors in Newfoundland and Labrador is very, very important. It brings that service here. Uh, we are the first province in Canada to have that dedicated uh, recruiter position funded for the March of Dimes um, as a significant partner, an important partner in, in providing these services. So it, it does... Uh, fit with the the health accord and the vision of the health accord and improving services uh, for stroke survivors in Newfoundland and Labrador, their families and their caregivers. What is the status of that centre that the province is uh, looking to set up, that new cardiovascular centre? So the new Cardiovascular Stroke Institute will be here at the Health Sciences Complex. It'll be on the property of the Health Sciences Complex. Uh, it is very, very exciting um, to, to see that it will be one of the, the leading institutes in Canada in not only dealing with the, the chronic disease, but prevention uh, in well-being. Uh, and it, it is an integral part of uh, the, the health accord and transforming healthcare in Newfoundland and Labrador to be one of the best systems in Canada. Uh, any update on when it, government hopes it will be open? So planning is underway. Um, the uh, uh, the RFP uh, should be going out uh, very soon for that, uh, but planning is underway for that institute, uh, and uh, we are, you know, the, the, the progress, we're very pleased with the progress uh, and the next steps in, in making that a reality. Today we are proudly launching uh, our after-stroke program in Newfoundland and Labrador. Uh, we have Minister Osborne and officials from the Department of Health and Community Services with us, our partner in helping to support 1,400 people in our province have a stroke every year. And we do a wonderful job of uh, helping people uh, survive their stroke. We've got a wonderful health care system and, and services to support them. But the transition back home to the community can be difficult for them and their families. And our after-stroke program is aimed at supporting individuals who've had a stroke who are now looking to get back home again, to live independently in their communities, to know that their family and friends uh, understand and feel they're able to help support them uh, as they recover from their stroke and get back to their old life. We have many programs and services that can support stroke survivors, helping them get back into employment, to be able to live independently in their homes. Uh, and so we're really proud that the government of Newfoundland and Labrador is our partner in this initiative. And so today we're celebrating the launch of that, and I, I couldn't be happier. And it's going to be uh, creating a much brighter future for a lot of people in our province. What are some of the challenges that people who have suffered a stroke face when they're trying to you know, get back home and, and, and return to their everyday lives? 
Well, now they're adjusting to life with a disability. So there's skills and abilities that they had that they now have to relearn or they have to uh, accommodate that disability and break down barriers in their communities that may infringe upon their ability to get back to work or to connect with friends and stay engaged in the community. So the Afterstroke program uh, supports the skills development that people need. We do a lot of our work online. So that's really helpful for people who may have mobility issues or may live in rural communities, wouldn't be able to come out and participate in a group program, but they can learn uh, new skills, connect with people who've had uh, a stroke um, from their homes uh, online, and uh, indeed connect with people from across Canada who've had a stroke, learn about their experience, uh, develop confidence, and uh, you know, move on uh, with the things that they like to do in their life. How far have we come in terms of supports for stroke survivors? Because I know my, my dad suffered a stroke 20 years ago, and things are much different now than they were back then. So how far have things come? We've come a long way. Uh, still, I think the challenge that we've had, not only in Newfoundland but across Canada, uh, is that uh, journey from healthcare back into the community. And that's where the Afterstroke program, that's why we have been in this area for 20 years. March of Dimes Canada has known that there's a big gap uh, in that journey for stroke survivors. Uh, so while we've made incredible um, steps forward in uh, health care and su- supporting people who've had a stroke, um, March of Dimes Canada has really led the way in enabling people with, who've had a stroke to be able to live independently in their home, to get back to work, to help take care of their their family, and uh, recover their independence. How many people will this program help annually, do you think? Well, we know that there's 1,400 people in Newfoundland and Labrador who have a stroke every year. Uh, And out of that number, we expect that we will have an active caseload of probably about 180 to 200 uh, individuals. Many people who have had a stroke will have a full recovery and may only need some information or some um, initial support and guidance. Um, Some, unfortunately, will end up uh, more in a long-term care uh, facility because of the impact of their stroke. And so there is a population of stroke survivors who will be moving back home again, uh, who will have uh, some challenges in terms of their ability to uh, continue their independence at home. And so that's really the population uh, that I think we will be able to uh, greatly benefit. I would just say if anybody um, is currently you know, wondering about supports and services for somebody in their family who's had a stroke, that they should look um, up uh, March of Dimes Canada on the website, look up our after-stroke program. Um, we have a 1-800 number. Uh, or uh, if you're still involved in uh, stroke support um, through the healthcare system, ask them to um, make a referral to the after-stroke program. And that is the CEO of the March of Dimes Canada local, um, uh, March of Dimes Canada, yes, CEO Leonard Baker. And before him, of course, the health minister, Tom Osborne, uh, who has nothing on his plate these days. Uh, And both interviewed, of course, by the lovely and talented Richard Duggan. Thanks, Richard, for that piece. Let's see. uh, We're just coming up to news. So after the break, uh, we'll take you to uh, this is uh, National Tree Day. And uh, there was a lovely tree planting and it's forestry week and all that good stuff. Uh, The annual occasion of which Deputy Mayor Sheila O'Leary says is her favorite day of the year. Uh, So we'll hear her talk a little bit about that and uh, some others coming up right after the break. I'm Brian Callahan on News Talk. We'll be right back. 
Your voice in Newfoundland and Labrador's biggest conversation. If you want to know what's happening in your province, tune in to Open Line every day. Have your say weekday morning starting at 9 a.m. on Open Line with Patty Daly on your VOCM. Welcome back to the program. Brian Callahan in on News Talk. Let's go right to Joanne. Uh, not waste another moment. Joanne, what can you tell me? What's happening on the Outer Ring? Very confusing story. It's not the Outer Ring. It's Hebron Way and Torbay Road. Okay, Torbay so this Road. is a different location. So Hebron Way, Torbay Road. Go for it. Yeah. So Torbay Road, basically, the bottom line is is closed off going toward Torbay. I came across Hebron Way. Took forever to get to the lights to turn left onto Torbay Road to go toward Torbay. When I got through, there's two police cars there, one on each end of that intersection. When I got through, I went about two to three car lengths, and there's another police officer turning us all around. So we had to turn back, and everybody's so confused and trying to get in the left-turning lane so that they can get over toward Logie Bay Road to go to Torbay. Um, it's such a dangerous, confusing situation that they got going on there. I figured that you're better off. Go, and I'm now in on Snow's Lane. It's going to take me hours to get through here. I'm not even on Snow's Lane yet. I mean, I've been here like probably 20 minutes. So um, you're better off, I would think, to via the Outer Ring Road to go to Logie Bay Road and get yourself on uh, Logie Bay Road to go to Torbay that way. There you go. Uh, Joanna, can't thank you enough for that because it's a little bit more specific to you being there. That helps us out a lot. This must be related to the this whatever has happened on Snow's Lane. We've got calls in and messages to the RNC. I'm checking their Twitter account. I don't see... Uh, there's uh, uh, light and power trucks I could see in the distance down right. on Torbay Road. Okay, so, so I guess that's to do it down there. Yeah. If wires are down, that'll explain a lot of it. Joanne, thanks very much. Drive safely. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Okay. Um, let's go right to our next piece here again. You know, if you have anything on traffic, by all means, 709-273-5211. That's the quickest way to get through to us right now. Um, let's see. I was uh, speaking earlier today. Uh, well, actually, I was down in Victoria Park earlier today for the annual tree day ceremony and a planting. Uh, lots of great people there. Weather cleared up really nice. The St. Teresa's grade six choir, a grade six class was there to have a few tunes. And of course, Deputy Mayor Sheila O'Leary, um, Environment and Climate Change Minister Bernard Davis. And um, just to start it off, Jessica Foley. She's the new manager of Parks and Open Spaces Division with the city. She got things going. Um, she got things going right away. Today, we gather here at Victoria Park to come together as a community and celebrate the incredible gift that is our natural world. Trees, as we know it, are not just silent spectators of our lives. They are active participants contributing to our health, happiness, and the future of our planet. It is an honor to begin this event by welcoming Deputy Mayor O'Leary who is a passionate advocate for environmental stewardship in our community. Well, thank you, Jessica, and good morning, everybody. I have to say, Tree Day, National Tree Day, and tree planting is like my favorite event. I just am so excited, uh, self-proclaimed tree hugger, 
And of course, I've had the great opportunity to work with my colleagues and uh, all of the, what's wonderful to see the students here, Bruce Roberts from Tree Canada. There's so many people who have been involved in this ongoing uh, effort to celebrate trees and what they mean in our community. So I'd like to certainly start by thanking Dennis Hickey in our parks division um, because our park staff are the ones, they're the boots on the ground here. They're the ones who do all of the hard work in organizing this event in partnership with Tree Canada. So a big round of applause for our parks people because they provide this incredible space for us in our cities. I would also like to acknowledge that this is the 13th anniversary of National Tree Day and the importance of celebrating this day annually. It reminds us of the invaluable gifts that nature bestows upon us and the responsibility we all have to protect and preserve them. With the impacts of climate change, and we know it really well when we, when we you know, listen to the media, it is even more important to recognize the benefits that trees provide for us in our communities. And governments and political leaders need to recognize and continue to do this work to, to recognize the significance of trees and our urban forest. At the City of St. John's, it is a priority to protect our existing trees where possible and secure space for new trees to be planted so that we can help mitigate the effects of climate change in our neighborhoods. We support the urban forest by carrying out an annual tree planting program by our Parks Division and our various partners. And again, none of this can happen without wonderful collaboration and partnerships. By investing in these initiatives, we help improve the quality of life for our residents that will have impact on our city for many years to come. There are so many benefits to trees, and I know that when we talk about trees, we oftentimes, our first go-to is beautification. We, there's no doubt about it, trees are beautiful, but they provide so much more than beauty, and of course, as well, mitigation for climate change. I think it's really important to also mention mental health, how trees really feed into our mental health and well-being in our communities, and of course, also the economic viability when we're talking about city properties and things like that. So there's so many, so many reasons why we need to celebrate trees, and I'm just absolutely honored to be here today to celebrate. So thank you to all our sponsors for your commitment to this beautiful event and for everyone who has taken the time to attend today. Thank you so much, and I'm looking forward to hearing later on the this, this student scene. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Deputy Mayor O'Leary. Um, next up, we have uh, Minister Davis. Thank you, Jessica. And, uh, but I'm honored to be here in Victoria Park to celebrate the National Tree Day. It happens every year on the first Wednesday, or sorry, Wednesday of National Forest Week. I'm excited. It's great to see so many faces and so many familiar ones. Um, and thank you to the entire team at Clean St. John's. It's a perfect day uh, to celebrate the many benefits of trees and what they provide from not only the positive well-being as Councillor O'Leary, or Deputy Mayor O'Leary mentioned, and health and happiness. But I would also like to welcome everyone to today's celebration and thank the following people and organizations for the great work. Obviously, I've thanked the councillors uh, for their work, but they're only the leadership at the city. I think the city staff deserve a great thank you. And, and Jessica, thank you for coming on board. It's great to have you as part of the team. Uh, conservation officers with the Department of Fisheries, Forestry, and Agriculture. 
Uh, Sarah Richards, I think, is here. I think is here. Uh, representatives from Tree Canada, Bruce, as always, uh, we're always happy to see you. Uh, I see that uh, bearded face every time we come up for Tree Day, and uh, I'm very excited about that. And I'm always happy to hear what Bruce has to say because he's always an insight into this whole ecosystem that uh, we have going on here. Um, special guest, the uh, St. Teresa's Grade Six. I think everyone deserves to give them a round of applause for sure. I see it, well, at least one Jays hat over there, which is excellent to see. Uh, go Jays, go. And uh, obviously we had Smokey the Bear up here earlier uh, trying to steal uh, myself and uh, Deputy Mayor O'Leary's thunder. That's uh, very important to see Smokey here for a lot of reasons, and we all know uh, all too well what we've seen in Canada over the last uh, number, a couple of months, and how uh, much forest fires can impact the ecosystem and how much it impacts forests and Smokey is the uh, um, mascot for making sure that we understand the impacts that our decisions make in forests and thank you Smokey for always being here to show us the best way to take care of our forests. The provincial government strives to maintain healthy forest ecosystem. We're also striving to support communities and people that rely on the economic benefit that comes from forests. People use trees in many different ways, whether it be as a food source, heat source, building materials. However, trees also provide many other benefits to the environment and climate change. Trees reduce soil erosion, air and noise pollution, and they also contribute to wildlife and plant diversity, which is really, really important. And that's where the food comes in. If we didn't have forests, we wouldn't have a lot of the food that we have on our plates today and the impact that that has on us. In my department, Department of Environment and Climate Change, we know that planting trees is one way we can all fight climate change and help create greener communities. In support of National Forest Day, I'm pleased that each student will receive a tree seedling today to take home and plant, uh, which is going to be very important, and you get the opportunity to see that grow, albeit it's going to take a long time for, it to, uh, for you to climb it, but uh, it does grow every year. Many years from now, you'll be amazed at how this full-grown tree that you planted as a youth will look. I would once more like to recognize the value of our forests here on National Tree Day. Today, trees, forests, and our special places in nature contribute to the improving of our health, happiness, and well-being. And I'm very excited to be here. Myself and Bruce have done this a number of times, and, uh, and Mayor, uh, Deputy Mayor O'Leary, I've, I've seen her a number of times this event. We get how important it is. Thank you for being here and sharing the importance that we have. You can't get a better location than we're here today, so thank you very much. And that is climate change and environment minister Bernie Davis there talking about a better location. That was Victoria Park in St. John's. It was quite beautiful down there today. Uh, all the kids around, all the um, interested uh, onlookers and other officialos uh, showing up to um, celebrate Tree Day, National Tree Day, and of course, um, Forest Week. And I don't know if you caught that one. Did you catch the little clip from... Minister Davis, there, Claudette, uh, if you want to climb it, the tree. I love it. I don't know if that was intentional or not. That, that was, uh, I loved up, you know. <laughs> there was no suggestion, there was no reference to it, so maybe it was just by accident, but. You picked up on it. You climb it. Yep, climb it. It might take climb a while before it. you can climb it. Got, like, gotcha. Gotcha. I thought that was pretty smart. Okay, sorry. I digress. Yeah, I get um, all fascinated by these little 
Funny puns, intentional or otherwise. Let's take a break. Uh, Brian Callahan on News Talk in for Linda Swain. We'll be right back. Your voice in Newfoundland and Labrador's biggest conversation. If you want to know what's happening in your province, tune in to Open Line every day. Have your say weekday morning starting at 9 a.m. on Open Line with Patty Daly on your VOCM. Just a bit of time to uh, fill you in on the St. John's Masters Softball League. Now, I don't know if you play at all, but I uh, had a little fun in this league for a few years before personal uh, obligations took over, and I hope to get back at it. But uh, the St. John's Masters Softball League, formerly known as the Old Timers League, into its 40th season, no small thing. I had a chat earlier this afternoon. Uh, season just wrapped up, and I had a chat earlier this afternoon with the league president. You may know him from other seats and roles over the years. Um, the league president, Sean Skinner. Uh, Sean Skinner, uh, tell us about the league. Who won the championship this year, first of all? <laughs> well, the championship was just won this past weekend, and it was won by Mount Pearl Dental, which is one of the eight teams in our league, and they happen to be the first-place finishers as well. So they uh, they followed through their great season run with a great run through the playoffs and ended up taking the championship. So the odds makers had it right. The odds makers had it right. <laughs> uh, there, was, there were some people betting against them, uh, all in good fun, but uh, no, they, they saw through to the end and good on them. So, John, this is uh, looking at four decades of this league now, the Masters League. Uh, sometimes people hear Masters and they don't quite know. Can you just give me a little rundown? What do you got to be to join this league? Sure. So it's called the St. John's Masters Softball Association. And a few years ago, when it was first started up, it was called the Old Timers, St. John's Old Timers. But we got rid of that because people thought you had to be, like, ancient to play in it. And you don't. The league is a 40-plus league. So if you're 40 years of age or older, you're eligible to apply to play in this league. And basically, you don't have to be a former softball player. It's a fun league. It's all about the social aspect. It's all about keeping guys fit in their older age. And to be honest, in the last few years, uh, we've had uh, with 128 uh, fellas that play on eight teams, 16 on a team. And a lot of our guys have been there a long time. I've been there now for 23, almost 24 years. So people who come in stick around. So we don't have a lot of room for new people. But what's happening is guys are aging out. Our oldest member is 89 years of age. He's given it up this year at 89, believe it or not. He's and that's still George. Playing. George Gujo, a yes, great sir. fella. And George Gujo has been in that league a long time. We've got a lot of guys. No, I shouldn't say a lot. We've got a couple of other guys in their 80s. We've got, a, I'd say, a dozen in their 70s. And then in the 60s and 50s is the predominant number. But every year we have openings for new fellas. And so we're trying to get it out there that this is a great league. You don't have to be a former player. You can be brand new to the sport. And we have people who are Hall of Famers with the St. John Senior Softball Association who play with us. So the skill level is all over the chart, but it's not about the skill. It's about the fun on the field. It's about getting out and having a bit of exercise. We use wooden bats. We use low flight balls. It's a gentleman's league. Uh, we're competitive, obviously, but it's a gentleman's league. It's about the fun and safety first. Yeah, I can attest to that. The camaraderie on and off and, uh, you know, all walks of life. Uh, you know, people are all walks. I found it funny as a journalist to be playing ball against some ministers even. That was kind of funny. But just all <laughs> kinds of conflicts, uh, not conflicts, but um, unusual sort of uh, circumstances when you're at first base <laughs> even. Yeah, so. yeah. You could you could be talking to yeah. the taxi driver that took you from the airport, or you 
could be talking to the Minister of, uh, uh, of um, Innovation, Trade, Rural Development, or you could be talking to the Mayor of the City. They all play in the lake. Yep, or the CEO workers' comp. You never know. <laughs> you might yep, even, exactly. if you're lucky enough, you can win a championship with a couple of guys like that. <laughs> well, that's the beauty of this league. Every year we draft uh, players to the team. So when you come into the league, there's two players protected every year, and they do the drafting. So 16 guys on the team this year, right. 14 of them get thrown back onto the board. Two guys are, are left to draft, and they draft new people. Very rarely will you end up with the same bunch of guys. You might get four or five from the year before, but yeah. the teams are constantly rotating, so the parity in the league is really good, and that helps build the social aspect of the league as well. Now, the league has some great causes as well, though. Every year, you know, I was with the league. I mean, there's always the big check presentation you give back to the community. Do you want to talk a bit about that? Yeah, I'd love to, and thank you for, uh, for giving me that opportunity. Uh, first of all, for uh, it's got to be 25 years, I'm guessing, as long as I can remember, we have done a mid-season heart and stroke tournament. And it's basically, we, we don't play ball on the weekends normally. It's a Monday to Thursday league. Uh, we leave our weekends free during the summer. But one weekend during the summer, we all go to the ball field and play a tournament that's called the heart and stroke tournament. And we raise money for the Provincial Heart and Stroke Association, and we've been doing that for a long time, and we'll continue to do it. We believe it's a great cause and it's a good charity. The second thing we've done in recent years, because a number of our members who play in the league have been stricken with prostate cancer, we've now started the end of the year to do a donation to the Prostate Association here in Newfoundland and Labrador. And we just did that this past weekend to both groups. A gentleman from the uh, 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 Prostate uh, Newfoundland Labrador, Keith Goswell, showed up. And Keith basically talked about the prevalence of it in our society of men. He talked about why it's prevalent, because people aren't checking their PSAs or getting their tests done when they turn 40, 50 years of age. And he just said to us, if you get it early, you can you can recover from it and you don't get bothered by it. But getting it early is the key. So we're trying to bring awareness to that. As I said, it's about the health and safety of our members. So we feel those two causes are very relevant to keeping our members healthy. And that's why we support them. Yeah, health and fitness is really hand in hand with this league. I mean, we always know that, you know, a bit of ball, a bit of whatever, a bit of exercise, any kind of sport is good for you. But this one really ticks all the boxes, doesn't it? And, you know, when you talk about it, again, on top of it, the awareness, heart and stroke fits in right with them, you know, the basically the the age um, uh, demographic of the player, as well as the yep. prostate cancer initiative and others along the way. I know we've had fundraisers, or I should say the league's had funders yep. uh, in the past as well. But, um, you know, and also maybe you could get Pat Parfrey or Sister Elizabeth to come up for a check presentation. I mean, this would, I would say, arguably fall right into line with the health accord. <laughs> It absolutely would. And listen, we'd, we'd be happy to, you know, we'd support any charities that we have funds available to do. We've identified two right now. Um, we, we try to help out where we can. We offer our field up uh, for for mm. groups if they want to do their own, fund, own fundraising. For instance, the Constable William Mass Tournament right. uh, holds a, a session every year during, in July at our field, and we don't charge them anything for that. And a group of kids get out there and play. We provide volunteer rumps and volunteer field maintenance and all that kind of stuff to help out with it. Mm. So, you know, it's really it really is about the health and fitness. And, again, I go back to even if you haven't played softball, 
We have people who've never played. We rate people A, B, or C level. We distribute them equally amongst the eight teams that are there. And, and guys in the league will mentor the guys who haven't had a lot of experience. We'll help them out as best as we can. We'll show them the finer points of the game, and we'll try to make them better players as the season goes on. So it's it's a very supportive league. Yeah, and you just mentioned the field. We haven't even said specifically, for those who don't know, where it is. I mean, the setting couldn't be almost any more beautiful up there behind Elizabeth Towers. I, I don't even think it's called Elizabeth Towers anymore, but we all know where that building, where the apartment building is there on Elizabeth Avenue. And yeah. just the setting, I tell you, shag and fly, in left field uh, on a warm summer's evening uh, with a bunch of guys up there and you know there's a nice cold uh, beverages to be had too as well you know and a nice social aspect there and the barbecue was always going but it's just a great overall feel and vibe up there so um yeah, beautiful space, Brian. It's a public space. There's lots of people in the in the neighborhood who walk their dogs and take their kids out mm. there. We always have a few fans watching. It's called the Bill Rowell Field because Bill Rowell was one of the founders of the league. And it's hidden up behind, as you said, Elizabeth Towers off Elizabeth Avenue. And it's a little gem, a little peaceful oasis in the middle of the city. It's a great field. Yeah, absolutely. Ted Williams had a good time there. Ted Williams came, you're exactly right, the Boston Red Sox superstar a number of years ago, came up when the field was open up and uh, participated in that. The city and the, uh, the executive of the league at the time managed to get him up here, and it was great. We got some pictures up on the wall at the clubhouse yep. about all that. Yep. Yeah, reason enough to visit just right there. Yep, absolutely. It's, if anyone who comes sticks around is what I'm telling you, and that's why we only have so many opens every year. But there are more guys starting to retire. We'd love to keep the league at 128 players. So if you're interested, uh, basically look at our website, sjmasters.ca or info at sjmasters.ca. Send us a little email, and we'll be happy to, uh, to get back to you and give you some information. Or, you know, my name's Sean Skinner. Uh, if people want to get a hold of me, I'm in the phone book and stuff like that. Feel free to uh, get a hold of me or anyone you may know who plays in the league. You ticked that last box for me on the where and when and how, so there you go. Uh, Sean, thanks a lot. Great chatting with you. Uh, good luck with the uh, league. I'm Hopefully I'm back next year. You never know. Brian, I'd love to see you back, and I'd love to see you out in left field again, Shag and Bodge. You did a great job, and I hope you're able to come back and join us. All the best. Thank you for the opportunity. Shameless. Shameless plug there from Sean Skinner. Appreciate that. President of St. John's Masters League. Always look for new players. Uh, look them up. You heard all the contact info there. Just enough time to remind you, um, especially if you're trying to make way home, your make your way home down through anywhere in uh, Logie Bay, Middle Cove, Outer Cove, downtown or on the Outer Ring Road. There are traffic issues with all three areas, uh, Snows Lane area in, um, on Torby Road, and then uh, the Outer Ring around from Topsell Road to Thorburn or Thorburn to Topsell, that area, that stretch. We hear there's a bit of garbage bags and uh, clothes. I hope they could have easily gone to Goodwill. I hope it's not too late. And, of course, um, I'm also hearing there's uh, pretty heavy around Rollins Cross in downtown St. John's, too. So take your time. Get there in one piece. There's people waiting for you, and there's people who would like to see you get there in one piece. No rush. There's always uh, time to take a breath. I'm Brian Callahan here on News Talk in Linda Swain today. Thanks for listening, folks. Drive safely. Arrive alive. The OCM Cares.